This episode is brought to you by Odyssey Mushroom Elixir, and Odyssey has an exciting new offer for courageous wellness listeners. Listeners can now receive one free can of Odyssey by visiting IWantOdyssey.com to get the next steps on how to redeem your free can. Unlike traditional energy drinks that are loaded with sugar and artificial ingredients, Odyssey is packed with natural ingredients, including functional mushrooms like lion's mane and cordyceps. Not only do these mushrooms provide natural energy, but they have been used for centuries to improve mental clarity, increase focus, and boost energy levels. Functional mushrooms can help support your immune system, reduce inflammation, and even improve your mood. And as someone who is no longer drinking alcohol, I find Odyssey Mushroom Elixir to be a delicious, fun, and functional alternative to bring to parties, have as a post-work drink, and it's a great afternoon pick-me-up. So to redeem your free can, visit IWantOdyssey.com and get a free can of Odyssey Elixir. All information is available in our show notes and in our link tree on Instagram. Welcome to Courageous Wellness. My name is Erica Stein. And I'm Allie French, and this is a podcast about individual journeys within wellness and how to navigate it all. After Allie experienced a cancer diagnosis in her 20s, and Erica went through a self-love journey, we created a platform to interview real people from all walks of life that have combined all types of practices. From physical wellness to emotional and spiritual, we hear courageous stories and focus on why it's important to share them. We are both certified integrative nutrition health coaches and together with our community are learning to live our most purposeful lives by sharing one courageous story at a time. It takes courage to share these journeys and by talking about them, we aim to destigmatize the process. We want you to be your own health advocate, feel educated and informed on the latest in health and wellness and empower you to feel your absolute best. And because we want to bring forth a wide variety of stories, the opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect our own, but we hope the diverse and varied stories will empower you to make the best choices for your own life. So join us as we and our community share our courageous wellness. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Courageous Wellness. We have a great a great conversation today, a really fun episode with John Lewis, also known as the Badass Vegan. And um, we're going to get to his episode in just a minute. But as we usually do, we are going to do quick updates. Um, we wanted to, you know, remind everybody that we, in addition to being podcast hosts, I think a lot of you know, we are integrative nutrition health coaches. And we've had a lot of people reaching out lately about, um, just like needing extra support in their own journeys. And um, Erica and I do one-on-one -on -one coaching. We also do group coaching, which has been um, really fun. We have a new, it's, it's a program that's developed over time, but a new offering called Nutrition as a Tool, which we can tailor from anybody from ages eight to 80. And we've We've spoken in elementary school classrooms to corporate events. So it really, um, it really is applicable to all people. And regardless of how you choose to eat, I'm sure we have a lot of fully plant-based listeners or people who are interested in that today, especially listening to John's episode. Um, but what we really focus on in this is how to 
balance our blood sugar and using using the concepts behind that for balancing our blood sugar at every meal so that we really understand how to manage our energy, maintain insulin sensitivity. And um, it helps us in our day-to-day because we don't have as many spikes and crashes of energy throughout the day. But long-term, this can really benefit us from developing chronic um, conditions. It can prevent us from developing chronic conditions such as type 2 diabetes, uh, heart disease, things like that. It's, it's all really linked to our metabolic health. So if you're interested in nutrition as a tool, um, get in touch. You know, we our website is courageouswellness.net. You can find us there or on Instagram at Courageous Wellness. And Erica, one of the things you wanted to mention too, I think, was um, other other ways people can use other tools, even even in the context of our coach, uh, our coaching practice, is how how they can support themselves. Yeah, we were recently introduced to a product. It's a at home urine test for personalized nutrition and lifestyle guidance. It's called Vivu, and it's really interesting because they they really work to create a product that helps individuals feel empowered to take control of their wellness and understand the needs of their bodies. And it's pretty easy to take an at-home urine test. It's less, right? You don't have to go to get a blood test or anything like that to get some key information. So um, it's it's a really neat product. You can get for Vivu tests for like $40. So it's a low cost way to get some information at your fingertips. And it's really cool. And it's pretty easy to use. And I have found too, just back to coaching to make it full circle is I found a lot of times with these um, at-home tests too, which are such a great resource. It's also something that works alongside working with a coach because it can be overwhelming to get results on your own. So we do work with a lot of people who help them really learn about what's going on in their body from tests like Vivu and others. So yeah, it's pretty cool. But we just wanted to share that because it's something that we recently discovered and we know our audience is always looking for ways to advocate for their own health. And so yeah, these at-home urine tests are another way to do it. So check them out. There'll be more information in our show notes if you want to look at them. And this isn't sponsored at all. It's just something that we've learned about and thought is cool and wanted to share with everyone. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Um, And I think this episode today also really kind of highlights the idea of advocating for your own health. Absolutely. Um, And it really is empowering in that way. So before we get to our wonderful conversation with the Badass Vegan, we just wanted to remind everybody this episode is brought to you by Milk and Honey. Um, We love Milk and Honey. They are a female-founded, female-funded brand and have spa locations throughout Texas, in LA, Chicago, and also have a wonderful online boutique. You can um, order products of theirs, which are hyper clean, smell amazing, um, skincare and body care products. And also they cover, they carry other brands. (laughs) As I trip up on myself, they carry other brands such as Osea Malibu, Supergoop, Moon Juice, and you can use code CWPODCAST at any of their spa locations for any of their services or online to order any of your favorite products uh, for 20% off. So CWPODCAST for 20% off. And with that, should we get to the episode? Let's do it. Take us away, Allie. 
Okay, so today on the podcast, we speak with John Lewis, also known as the Badass Vegan. John is an incredible advocate for promoting wellness and plant-forward eating in underserved communities. Born in Ferguson, Missouri, he didn't start his wellness journey until he started playing Division I basketball, and as he got stronger, many of his friends and family got sicker, suffering from type 2 diabetes, chronic pain, heart disease, etc., So John has made it his mission to burst stereotypes of what a plant-forward, plant-based diet looks like. And Lewis became a plant-based eater when he saw how the conventional American diet was utterly failing his community. His new book, Badass Vegan, is a wake-you-up manifesto and plant-based lifestyle plan to buck the system that keeps us sick and tired. The book offers an irreverent and eye-opening four-part master plan to help readers shift their mindset and enjoy the massive health benefits and pure pleasures of a plant-based lifestyle. Lewis demystifies going vegan and makes it realistic with rock-solid advice on stocking a pantry, getting your nutrients, building strength, and creating sustainable change for a lifetime of health. We have a great conversation on plant-based eating, John's life mottos, social media, haters, and so much more than just plant foods. John is a wonderfully inspiring human, and we hope you enjoy the conversation as much as we did. Before we get to today's episode, we want to tell you a little bit about the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. Erica and I are both certified integrative health coaches. I have advanced training in hormone health, and she has advanced training in gut health. And we offer health coaching and corporate coaching through the Courageous Wellness Collective. We continued our education and received certification through the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. IIN has taken the lead in the health coaching industry from its inception and provides a comprehensive curriculum that combines nutrition, coaching, and business. We loved the program and have had many listeners ask us about continuing their education in nutrition, health coaching, or even just advancing their personal knowledge about food and nutrition. So we are very excited to be able to offer a discount to Courageous Wellness listeners to study at IIN. The program is completely accessible virtually with lectures led by health, wellness, and medical industry experts. To receive up to $2,500 off your tuition, you can use our names, Allie French or Erica Stein, at the time of enrollment to receive the tuition discount. We have also included a link in the show notes that will take you directly to IIN to learn more about their wonderful programs. Well, thank you, John, for joining us today. John, also known as the Badass Vegan, which I'm sure most people know you as. Um, Just to get us started and for our listeners, can you share a little bit about your personal background, your story, and how that's led you um, into the world of being kind of a leader in the plant-based food space? Wow. it's it's, uh, We only got 45 minutes, so I'll go with the uh, elevator speech here. so crazy story. Um, and I, I like to share everything because I believe that one of the stigmas with veganism is that, oh, they're this special person. They were raised privileged or it's so many different things. So like I as I talk about in the book, like I was born a crack baby. Um, I was adopted by my grandmother. Um, we didn't have a lot growing up, but we had enough. Um, you know, I wasn't born in a privilege at all. Uh, was even a butcher at one point uh, in my life in high school. Um, I was uh, 
I was an obese child as well. I was 315 pounds as a freshman in high school. Um, so I've been through all the spectrums that anybody could say, well, I can't do this because of this. It's like, well, you can. It's just a it's just a decision to make. Um, fast forward to graduate school um, at Nova Southeast University. And um, that's when I actually transitioned into the whole vegan lifestyle. My mother was diagnosed with colon cancer literally while I was in my last week of graduate school. And I get the call. And um, I recall asking the doctors, like, how did this happen? What's going on? And they told me, you know, too much fried uh, uh, animal protein, things like that. And I'm like, wait a minute, so this is not hereditary? He's like, no, this is a lifestyle choice. And that I didn't go vegan immediately. But the more and more research I did, I just started to see, like, all these correlations with this animal protein, whether it was hypertension, heart disease, you know, high blood pressure. Like, it was so many things that were going on. I'm like wait a minute, maybe there's something to this. And honestly, I didn't, I didn't go vegan to start a company. I didn't go vegan for any reasons, but my own health. And then it just started to really, really develop. And uh, I'm not sure if you all remember the workout program P90X. Um, so that's how I got started in the fitness industry. If you want to laugh, if you go look at all the commercials and the ads, I'm in all of that. And so when people found out I was vegan, they just had so many questions. They were like, wait a minute, so you could be in shape and be vegan? I'm like, of, of course you can. Like, I really didn't think it was this big thing, but the more and more people did that, that's when I started to think like, maybe I can take this message even further. Yeah, I mean, your story is so beautiful and incredible and I think really inspiring for your audience, for our listeners, for Ali and I. It's, it's a, it's, just incredible what you've been able to do. And, and I'm curious about, right. That transition from, okay, I, I see, I want to get my health in order. I'm getting into fitness. My mom just got this diagnosis. I want to go vegan. What was the process like of integrating that lifestyle, right? Like you said, it was a process. And I think, did it start slow? Did it start like, how has your veganism evolved right from like the beginning until now were you conscious right of protein amino acids things like that or was this a learning curve for you as well I, I, I kind of think it was um it was a learning curve but the good thing for me was that I really didn't have social media to hate on me so it was very easy for me to just if I mess up, I just kept going. Like, nobody was like, what are you going to do? You're going to die. And it's like, like, you know, like, I just did it privately, did my own thing. And I and I tell people that today. I'm like, if you want to go vegan, you don't have to make a big announcement about it. Like, it's like, if, if you want to just do it, like, nobody's sending you, like, a membership card. You don't have to sign up. There's no fee. Just do it on your own. Like, sometimes that's the best thing to do. And even outside of veganism, I say, like, if you're going to start working out, if you're going to stop drinking alcohol, whatever that case is, sometimes you just don't have to make an announcement. Yeah. You just got to be yourself and just go do it. And I, I think that helped me out tremendously because nobody was there to hate on me. Like, I was, <laughs> it was just real easy. I was just like, you know what I'm just doing? And I look at today, like, you you basically, and sometimes I make jokes on my on my social media page. I'm like, since you guys like to argue so much, here's a rock. <laughs> and like you argue about that's not a rock, that's a loaf of bread. And it's people just love to argue online. So yeah. I think I was very fortunate to just step back, do my own thing. And 
the transition though really was easy in itself too because I really in my head thought that was the best thing for me. So yeah. There was, even if I would have announced it, it wouldn't have mattered. I'm a very, very um, stubborn person. So like the more peer pressures never worked with me, the more someone says I can't do something, the more I'm going to really buckle down and do it. So like if that would have happened, that probably would have been the case. But for me, I just really buckled down, have fun, um, which I talk about in the book. I'm like, those first 30 days, have fun. Like, everybody's so uptight and, like, I got to get this, this, and that. Look, whatever nutrients you're depleted in, you've been depleted in them for, like, 10, 20 years. The first 30 days of you transition into veganism is not going to hurt you, kill you, whatever. Like, like I say, there's five animals that everybody eats all the time. There's over 70,000 edible plants. Yeah. Explore. Find what you like and what you don't like. And that's what I did. I, I just... This is what's crazy. Before I moved to Florida, I had never had an avocado, a mango, a plantain, cilantro, like all these things I had never had. So for me, it was like, wait, what? You could do this with this? And like, and there, and I wasn't buying vegan products. I was buying ingredients. And I think yeah. that's where people miss the, miss the ball is that buying products is expensive. Buying ingredients is where you save your money. So I was just really experimenting, you know? And if you look at the book and the recipes, a lot of that is just a lot of the experiments I did over, over time, just having fun. And, and that's how it happened. Just had fun. Yeah. I I'm curious too. sorry, just to jump off that, like transitional okay. question, because, you know, I, we've talked about on the podcast before, like I grew up food insecure. And so a lot of that was like dollar menu McDonald's and all of that stuff. And so sometimes, right. Like when you go through something like that as a child, right. Or your habits are developed, you can also sometimes have cravings or even like emotional cravings, right. It's like those emotional foods for you might, or probably meat products. Right. So my question is too, just to go off of that transition is what about the emotional component of those foods that you had? Like, did that come up at all? And if so, how did you face that? Yeah, definitely. And, and the way I look at it is, you know, the government messes up on a lot of things, but one thing they got right is the FDA because food is a drug. It's the most addictive drug you'll put in your body without even knowing it, you know? And if people don't think food is addictive, if somebody right now was to tell you you couldn't eat your favorite food, you would have a fit. Not thinking about it, but you would have a fit. You're like, wait, I can't have pizza ever again? Like, no, you can't have pizza ever again. That's how addictive it is. Will you die without eating pizza? No. But in your head, you're like, wait a minute, I need my pizza. My ego says that my pizza has to be there. So I started to understand that there was addiction in, in place in my life. And in order to break that, the only way to break an addiction is to admit that you're an addict. And that was big for me. Like, that was hard. That was hard for me to admit, like, oh, man, I'm addicted to this cheese and this meat and this stuff, you know. So one thing that helped me out was I started making renditions of stuff that I liked beforehand. I, I say this right now. I have an award-winning badass vegan nacho. Like, I've, I've won awards with it. And I wouldn't tell people it was vegan until, like, after the whole event was over with. And they're like, wait, what? So nachos was, like, my favorite thing. So I developed my own vegan nacho. And then I started, you know, messing around with the lasagna and then 
the pizzas and stuff like that. And I, especially in 2023, anything that's meat based, you can definitely get a vegan today. And and you can still do it on your own. You don't have to get the products. You know, there's, there's but for me, it was understanding that I was an addict and and also knowing that any addict of anything alcohol food drugs you're always a recovering addict like i'm i'm very honest with people i tell people i'm not the guy that's gonna lie to you and say oh when i pass a steakhouse the smell doesn't hit me first then i'm like oh i would never eat that but the smell still hits me like i'm not now i do know some people that it repulses them but like I said, I was a butcher at one point too, so maybe my 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 sense of like where I, my radar is a little off. So, you know, I I've done some things like that, so it's a little different than other people. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. I think when any anybody listening who might want to make some transition in their life, whether it's going completely plant based or even just incorporating more vegetables into their, onto their plate or going to a whole food approach with their food as well, which can, can take, as you've, you know, highlighted, it can take a lot of, um, discipline. It can take a lot of, um, sort of self reflection on your own relationship with whatever the, the stuff, the food that you might want to change. Um, and yeah, we all, you know, we all have different motivators too. I remember I actually gave up dairy I was like, I was like a full blown dairy addict, I would say too, because I would drink like glasses of milk through college. Like I wasn't even like a little kid and eat like mac and cheese with it. And like, and then one day in my early 20s, my body just started kind of rejecting it. And I got horrible cystic acne and I couldn't figure out the cause. And it was just so miserable. And someone said, Hey, you know, I think I know what's going on with you. I think you have a dairy allergy. And I actually like chose the cold turkey approach in that moment. And it's been, you know, 13, 15, whatever it is, 13 years later, I've been off of it. But it was that kind of experience where it was like, I was just so miserable in the moment that I was willing to do whatever it took mm -hmm. to kind of break that for myself. Um, but I think no matter what the motivating factor is to make a change, it doesn't mean that like, you know, the 20 years or how, or 30 years or however many years you've been sort of conditioned doesn't mean that all of a sudden like goes away. So I think you speaking so honestly to that is really good for people to hear because it doesn't, I think that's sometimes where it's like, Oh, something's wrong with me. If I still crave this. No, like that's like, that means you're just a human being. Right, right. <laughs> and, and, and you know, it, a lot of times we forget that that self-reflection does not mean beating yourself up either. Mm -hmm. Like people forget that self-reflection does not mean you're mad at yourself for whatever past mistakes you might have made. It's actually acknowledging the mistakes and saying, hey, we're not going to make those mistakes again. Yeah. You know, what I'm saying I'm not mad at myself. I can't get mad at myself. I didn't know any better. And even if I did know better, I'm stronger now than I was then. So let's move forward. Right. And a lot of people that's that's very hard because we're we're brought up in a world where you're not good enough. So we're not, we're not, like, there was one thing I was taught and my mom taught me this. And it was so funny because my mom was not a teacher by any means, but she would always say, did your school teach you anything about loving yourself? Mm. And she's like, and I'm like, no, she was like, exactly. You have to take that upon yourself. You have to take that upon yourself. 
She used to tell me, I can't, I can't make you love yourself. I can love you as your mother. Your spouse can love you as your spouse. Your kids can love you as your kids. But if you're full of hate, none of that love will ever get inside of you. And 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 I think that stuck with me forever. And she, I mean, even as a little kid, she used to always make sure I love myself. That was a big thing for her. Like, love yourself, love yourself. And I think, I honestly think if more people were taught that, we'd have 99% less problems. <laughs> I, I, sorry to steal that from Jay-Z, but yeah. <laughs> we, <laughs> no. We 99% yeah, yeah. less problems. Yeah. If, I, if there was more love inside. Yeah, I agree with you. Because I think sometimes when we can't, maybe it's the greatest, the greatest thing we'll all like aspire to do is in our human lifetime is like, is to, to work on that. I think it's some of the hardest work, but it's, it's definitely the most powerful because you're right. It's an inside job. And, um, and I think if we can't tap into that for ourselves, that empathy and love for ourselves, how can we, how can we give it fully to others too? Like people can't even look on social media without getting mad at somebody. Yeah. Like you're like, you can't even, somebody's literally like celebrating, their child and people will be like, Oh my God, another kid on Instagram. You're like, wait, like how did you just get mad at the person being happy? They got a kid. Like, but that's real things that happen. But I honestly believe if you are in love with yourself and look, not cocky, we're not talking about conceited. We're talking about loving, genuinely loving yourself. If you genuinely love yourself, you're not going to get mad at somebody else for being happy. If they're not, if they're not harming or hurting anyone to be happy, it's crazy. Like I, I see it so much. Uh, anything. It it could be race. It could be gender. It could be sexual orientation. It could be religion. People get mad at so many things. But if you love yourself truly, you know it, it's kind of hard to to get mad at, at so many things that's out there. Yeah. Just as a a quick aside, because we're on this topic, because you have a a really large social media presence now. I think this is a good thing to talk to because I do think it actually comes into the health conversation overall. Um, and I think you can offer probably a unique perspective on this. You were sharing even before the show that, that you know, people and just now that people get mad over everything. Um, I guess my question is, how do you maintain <laughs> like a health a healthy presence for yourself? Like how do you interact with a community um, in the social media world and, and keep a healthy perspective for yourself? I, I, I have come to the conclusion that no one, no thing, no place, no whatever it is can control my actions. It took a while because I used to go on social media and if somebody came with a negative comment, I'm going right back at them. Like one of my newest things is that <laughs> I have quite a few different tactics that help me deal with like the negativity online. Um, and one thing too, like I will never comment negatively on anybody else's post. I have never, I, I've never done that. Like it, as much as I get on mine, I will never go. If, if it's something I don't like, somebody posted, I just keep going. Sometimes I even still like it and keep going. Like I don't even, I got friends that are chefs that aren't even vegan and I'll like it on purpose. And and I, I'll get somebody like, well, why did you like that? I'm like, oh, cause I want them to see vegan when they like 
go look at that like, oh man, he liked my meat thing. Yeah, that, I sure did. Like, but that's just a friendly thing with me. But you know, one thing I so one thing I used to do is if somebody came negatively on my post, I'd be like, oh my God, thank you so much for coming to my page. I love you so much. You took the time out of your day to give your energy to me. And they probably get mad again. And I'm like, oh my God, you commented twice in one day. This is amazing. I feel like we're about to be best friends. And you can see them getting more pissed. And that also comes from a lesson I learned where it says um, energy cannot be destroyed or created. It can only be transferred from one entity to the next. So when people have that negative energy, they're trying to give it off to somebody else because it feels good to unload it. But if you don't take it, they actually have to hold on to it for longer and it, you'll actually see them get more pissed. If you see a troll on anybody's page, the moment that the person that they're trying to give the negative energy to, the moment they give them negative energy back, you can see the difference in the way they comment back to them. They, they're more lighthearted. They're like, I got you. I feel good about it. And, and so that's my way of doing it now. And then the other thing I do now, which just makes it funny to me, because I, I had to come to the realization that like, while there are real people on social media, social media is fake. Like there's real people there, but the place is fake, you know? And so like what I do now is I do fun facts. So if somebody comes to me with like a negative comment, I'll just hit them with like, did you know that uh, cows have seven stomachs? Has nothing to do with the comment that they said. And they're like confused and they're like, what's going on? But I, and they're all facts, like all kind of facts. I'm like, just all kind of fun facts. So I just keep doing that. And it makes it funny. And then it's funny because my, I don't like to call people followers. I hate that word. Um, but the people that are in my circle, they already know that I do that. So it's funny to them too. They're like, oh, they got them again. So yeah, I think it's just understanding that social media itself is fake. The people are real uh, with the exception of, you know, the fake accounts. But it's still somebody real behind there. Um, I just, I literally, I wish I could screenshot and show you. I had a scam. Somebody tried to run a scam on me and I, I get so many and they tried to act like they were meta, like the Facebook company. And they came and I was like, and I just put two laughing emojis. They're like, your account is under a uh, review. You've had too many instances. And I'm like, ha, funny laughing emoji, laughing emoji. And then they came back with something. I was like, hey, man, if you're going to scam people, at least don't use the same copy and paste. Like, And they're like, and they literally start having dialogue with me like, wait, so what should we do? And I was like, well, actually, if you have this much talent, you should use this for positive. You shouldn't use it to harm somebody, to take their money, take their account, do this. I'm like, apparently you're smart. You can use it for something else. And they were like, wow, thank you. And I'm like, imagine... Most people don't, and I, I could probably pull it up. It actually happened. They're like, wow, thank you. Now, they probably went on a scam after that. They, they probably meant nothing to do, but it was good to have that dialogue with them. Yeah. No, I think these are great tips, too, because obviously you you have a large following, but I think this this is anybody, right? If it's just, if you have 100 people following you from your high school or your work or your hometown, whatever it is, I think... I I'm really sensitive to energy and I'm really susceptible to like those energy vampires. And I seem like I could never imagine being cruel to like anybody in my real life, let alone online. Right. Like that. It's just my brain can't 
compute that. Like it really can't. And so I, um, I, I think that like turning the negative into a positive, or if you see something, someone coming at you, like maybe people with smaller followings aren't dealing with trolls, but they're dealing with maybe people who aren't supportive of their posts or aren't supportive of them in real life or whatever it may be. I think it's that reframe of, of, you know, realizing that it doesn't have anything to do with you, right? And everything to do with them. And and you mentioned, right, and we're going to go into your book too in a second, but you're just, you're a wealth of knowledge. But you mentioned, right, that it, it was really instilled in you from such a young age of like, you know, your your worth and your value just from being who you are. Did you always then believe it? Or was it a process to kind of get to this place of being such a positive person who really loves themselves? I, it's It's been since day one. Even when I was 315 pounds, even when I was dead broke, like whatever it is, like I, my mom really put that in me. Like, and I, and and I've been able to have great dialogue with myself throughout my life. Like whether it was a kid and it was an imaginary friend to me growing older and realizing like, oh, I'm actually having a dialogue with myself. Like, hey, John, we can do better than that. Let's go. You know what? You're right. Let's go. Let's go. Like I always had that inner voice that's like and, it, and most likely my mom's voice. But it's like you can do this. and I, And that's why I believe that like parenting is bigger than just the discipline part. There needs to be discipline. You need to learn, like, there is consequences for their actions, this and that. And I'm not talking about whoopings as discipline. I'm talking about, like, discipline. You did something wrong? Okay, we take this away from you. You can't keep continue to do this and that. But I also believe that loving part of the parenting is missing in a lot of parenting. Like, a lot of it. And my mom, like, she was very disciplinary. She was on it. But no matter what, even if I was learning a lesson, there was love behind the lesson. Like the reason why I'm doing this is because you can't do that. And this, this, you know, like it was always love. It was always love. Um, so yeah, so since day one, and like I said, never cocky, like it's so funny. I can't take a compliment from anybody. Not even my mom. Like my mom used to compliment me so much. And I just, I turned into like the shyest person ever. But inside, I feel like I can do any damn thing. Sorry, I don't know what my cursing limit is, but it's I okay. feel like I can do any damn thing. I really do. But I'll never come across as like, I'm better than you. Like, I'm actually one of those people. Like, I had a friend, uh, Nima Delgado, who was the first vegan on the front of, I believe, Muscle and Fitness. Like, he got a lot of hate for it. For me, I was like, well, shit, if he can do it, that just opened it up for me. Like, I felt inspired by it. Like, I'm not one of those people, like, somebody did good. Oh, that should have been me. I'm like, no, no, no. That means it can be me. Yeah. And I, and I believe that wholeheartedly. Okay. And I found this. I don't know if you all could see this. <laughs> yeah, we can a little bit. If you're going to scam, at least be original. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for example, how can we be convincing? That is so <laughs> funny. I'm not here to help you scam better. 
but then they really engaged with you. That's so yeah. funny. You're clearly smart and you uplifted them. And then they said, understood. Thanks. And even and just planting that seed, right. Of like, you don't have to do this. Do you that. can yeah, take your talent to do more. Like that's the, that could be the catalyst. So that could be the catalyst for them to, to put their energy elsewhere. And so, yeah. I mean, maybe that's a good, good like segue into the book because you put a lot of energy into this and, um, yeah, we want to, we want to talk to you about it. It's, you know, the badass vegan, uh, it says, okay, I am going to swear. It doesn't say this on the, on the cover. Cause there's a little asterisk, but I'm going to swear. Oh, we know what it means. <laughs> yeah. We know what it means. Fuel your body, fuck the system and live your life. Right. And um, includes more than 80 easy recipes, but you also go into um, how we, you go into food accessibility, something that Erica and I are really passionate about talking about. Um, you go into um, things like how food is intricately linked to uh, systemic oppression and racism. You also talk about the climate um, impact and, and uh, especially from the meat industry. And so in addition to breaking down nutrition and understanding our foods um, and if people want to transition to plant-based living or plant forward living, or just maybe give up, uh, this is, you know, we talk about this too. We have friends who are 100% plant-based and they're like, even if you can give up or not even give up, maybe incorporate only plant-based meals. Cause I don't like to like use restrictive language, but if you can add in 100% plant-based meals into your week, think about like the reduction of animal products perhaps that you can make in, in that choice. So I think this is a great resource for anyone. If you want to go full vegan, if you want to experiment with it, um, cause there's a lot of education in here. And so I guess to start off, can you share with us, um, you mentioned earlier that you grew up without um, accessibility to certain things. And I think sometimes there's a, there's a misconception that it's really expensive to eat a certain way. Um, yeah. And, you know, and accessibility and affordability are sometimes like two different things, but I don't, I do think they go hand in hand often. And so if someone feels like they're drawn to this, if they want to eat more plants, if they want to um, experiment with becoming plant-based, but feel like they don't have access to whole foods. Um, are there any little like tips or ideas or places that people can start that you would recommend? I, I honestly believe, you know, 2023 is, is definitely a time where the normal accessibility is almost out the window. Um, I, I, and this is going for anybody with a smartphone. This is not for somebody that literally can't afford a smartphone, can't afford a computer, can barely pay the rent. I always say though, it's hard for me to give as much grace to somebody that's using full technology to not use it to their advantage. Because now, I mean, you know, you got Instacart, Walmart delivers, Whole Foods delivers, Publix delivers. Um, I'm sure out in Cali, you got like Rouse and there's so many things that do that deliver food now. But even if you don't have that delivery, I want people to understand that one of our biggest problems in America is we're spoiled as hell. 
And we think that we have to have this variety every day. When in reality, we eat the same thing pretty much every day. But we think if I'm switching to this certain lifestyle, well, I'm going to need variety. Or one of the biggest questions I always get is, man, I want to go vegan. I need a meal plan. I'm like, well, do you have a meal plan now? They're like, no. no. I'm like, well, you think all vegans walk around with meal plans? Like, how do you think we function every day? Like, I believe that, you know, once you get that that spoiled out of your DNA, you know, you start to realize that before the 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 progression of the world, if you grew up next to a mango tree, what did you eat all year? Mangoes. And you probably lived to be 100. Like, that's just how it was. And now we just have this concept of I have to have all this variety. And again, like I said, we only eat the same five animals. There's over 70,000 edible plants. So there's so much variety out there. But at the same time, uh, I the way I was raised, you can you can live to your 40s of a rice and beans easily like and you you might have a little gas sorry but you're gonna make it like uh, i promise you're gonna make it so i think that's one thing you know we are dealing with the um a time where there are certain places where they don't have as much accessibility as the other ones but i also believe that we as the people have to put the pressure on them because what's going to happen is we can't wait on a system that took 500 years to even realize that it messed up to actually heal us. Like any situation that you're in, your abuser, your person that hurts you, whatever it is, they're not going to be the one to actually heal you. It'll never happen. So you have to you have to be the ones to heal yourself. Like one line I came up with, and I, I believe I used it in the book, is it doesn't matter who whose fault it is that you're hurt it's whose responsibility is it for you to heal and it's our own responsibility for us to heal no matter who hurt us we can't sit there and wait on that so that's when we got to start taking the extra steps um I, you know i actually was um with the conversation i had with completing the documentary i was in the talks with a couple of grocery stores about free delivery of plant-based items to homes um and we're still in con uh, in conversations about that. It hasn't solidified yet, but I'm still working on that to where that kind of eliminates that accessibility. Like if it's plant-based items, they're going to get this delivered to them. At, at least if it's a one-year subscription where they can get used to it and work their way around. And like they're like, okay, I got a year where I can plan this out. And hopefully in a year I'm in a better place. But it's just so many ways that we can do it and around it is it a problem yes it's still a problem but it's much better than it was you know 20 30 years ago yeah I'm curious too and I know you mentioned this in your book and your book is definitely like a whole food approach right to veganism but you know in the last few years gosh definitely in the last decade like you know processed plant meats have also become very popular right even at like Burger King and McDonald's, you can get plant-based patties or plant-based yeah. chicken at Panda Express. And so I'm curious what your thoughts are and your relationship is to that. We want to take a quick break from this episode to tell you about today's sponsor, Milk and Honey. 
Milk and Honey is a female founded and funded brand that began as a luxury day spa in Austin, Texas, and has since grown to include eight locations across Texas and Los Angeles, California, as well as a line of bath, body, and skincare products born from the spa. One of Milk and Honey's best-selling products is the natural deodorant, which is loved by Zoe Kravitz and was featured in her Vogue's Beauty Secrets video. I've been using the baking soda free version exclusively for over two, three years. This gentle aluminum free baking soda free deodorant was designed to nourish sensitive skin while keeping you feeling and smelling fresh all day long. It never gave me any itchy red bumps when I switched over and passed the smell test, even after an intense workout. It truly is the best and comes in two scents, lavender tea tree and lemon vanilla. In addition to clean deodorant, their online boutique also offers clean beauty products from top brands, including Osea Malibu, Virtue, Moon Juice, Kula Sun Care, Super Goop, and more. Some favorite products of mine other than the deodorant include Milk and Honey's Gel Cleanser, Super Goop Glow Screen, and SPF 40, which I now buy on their site, and Osea's Body Oil and Vegas Nerve Oil, which activates the body's relaxation response and helps regulate stress. Their spas are also lovely, and we are both big fans of their spa treatments. And we now offer discounts at both the online boutique and spa locations on all spa and med spa treatments. We are also thrilled to partner with Milk and Honey to offer a Courageous Wellness Spa package called the Courageous Wellness Retreat at a discounted rate. The Courageous Wellness Retreat combines a 60-minute Milk and Honey Signature Massage, which is a Swedish massage tailored to your needs, focusing on relaxation and stress relief combined with body brushing, an exfoliating and detoxifying treatment that uses a natural bristle brush that you get to take home to stimulate your lymph and circulation while also reviving dull skin. Courageous Wellness listeners can enjoy 20% off your next order at milkandhoney.com and 20% off your first spa service at any Milk and Honey location with code CW podcast. Visit milkandhoneyspa.com to find a location near you. And if you want to try the Courageous Wellness Spa package offered at a special rate, use the code Courageous Wellness Retreat to redeem. This is not able to be combined with any other discount or promotion. You can also find all the information in our show notes. We are so excited to offer our listeners a new discount to one of the best probiotic supplements on the market, Seed. If you are a regular listener of the podcast, then you know that Allie and I are both very serious when it comes to the importance of gut health and building a thriving microbiome. I personally have been using seed for close to a year now and have noticed a big difference in my digestion and bloating. I am devoted to taking seed every single morning before food, and I'm really excited to share their daily symbiotic with our audience. The formulation of the daily symbiotic combines a probiotic and prebiotic is vegan and gluten-free and includes 24 clinically studied naturally occurring strains, not found in yogurt or fermented foods and beverages and lives up to the highest standards for human and planetary health. Yes. And in addition to being a really reliable probiotic and prebiotic supplement, seed is committed to creating science-based education for all those that partner with them through accountable advertising at seed university. 
This is where we are all committed to not spreading misinformation about health on the internet. Pretty important, right? Also, I personally love their commitment to sustainability with a refill system and all recyclable or biodegradable packaging materials. Erica and I only advertise products that we use and feel are of benefit to us and by extension could be of value to our community as well. If you would like to order Seed Daily Symbiotics to incorporate into your own gut health routine, go to seed.com and use the code COURAGEOUS15 at checkout for 15% off or click on the link in our show notes. Because sometimes, right, um, they're everywhere. They're accessible. We just um, actually went to Expo West recently and plant foods are I mean, they have plant sushi everywhere. Right. And, and some have good ingredients and, and take a whole food approach, but most are full of highly processed ingredients. And so I'm just curious what your relationship to those foods are in the vegan community and kind of what your suggestion is for people who, you know, that might be an easy way for someone to swap out, right. Burger night for impossible burger night. And I've enjoyed, you know, even in Los Angeles, they have very fancy restaurants that are plant-based that utilize impossible meat and those things. And, um, I don't like to yuck anyone's yums, but I'd love yeah, yeah, to, um, you know, I've just hear about it. the science. Yeah. Yeah. I've I don't like to it. yuck anyone's yums, but also, oh. right. We, we are an education podcast and I just would love to hear your take on it. So I'll, I'll answer that in twofold. One, it, I'm always, it's always funny to me, not not you all, I'm just, because I get I hear the comments all the time, how people get mad at like the impossible and beyond, and like you said, the beyond uh, the beyond chicken at, at Panda Express. And I'm like, they're like, it, this isn't healthy. They're putting it in. And I'm like, well, if you thought Burger King and McDonald's and Panda Express was healthy in the first place, you were already lost. Like that, they, you don't go there because you want to be healthy. Like that's at that point, that's a mute conversation. What I do like to say is though, when I first started, like we talked about, it was a great transition food for me. It really was. And don't get me wrong. If I'm on, you know, my, my off days, I've been training for, you know, six months or whatever it is. And I got a day. Yeah. I'm going to eat it. That's not my everyday staple though. And I believe that's where sometimes the mistake can happen. If it's an everyday staple, then it can get like, you know, not as nutritious as you can get. Um, but as far as transitioning, I, I don't knock anybody for that. It's like, hey, like we said, you had addictions beforehand. It's like now you're 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 taking the crack down a notch each time. You're like, you know what? Is I'm not itching like I was. I don't have the itch anymore. It's going away because I'm using this. And then eventually you can get healthier and healthier, you know, as you go along. Um, and still, at the end of the day, this is what I always tell people. Nobody's getting rushed into the hospital because they had too many Impossible Burgers. Like nobody's getting their, their chest cracked open because, hey, man, what happened to him, man? He had an Impossible Burger today. We had to do emergency heart surgery because that's still not happening. Is it the healthiest? No. But is it literally got the track record of processed meat? It doesn't have that either. 
Right. Yeah. I mean, you make good points. And I feel like people get so extreme in the food space sometimes. And I think, and I'm sure you experience it, especially um, as a vegan too, um, you know, across the spectrum, there's so much kind of extreme, especially, well, let's be real, especially on the internet, as we've, oh, we've mentioned dude. many times. And, um, oftentimes it's like, it loses nuance then, right? Like in what you just kind of showed where it's like, maybe if you're eating fake meat for every meal, it's not the healthiest thing, but if it's going to help you still feel like you're getting, you know, that kind of emotional fix of that burger while you're trying to incorporate more plants into your life, then it's serving a purpose in that moment. And that's also fine. And, um, yeah, I think you also, it's funny too. You're like, if you're looking for Panda Express to be your pillar of health to begin with, like, why yeah, are we sorry. having that conversation? I, I, I hate to be the one to break that <laughs> to you, but that's probably not yeah. your go-to for health if, you, if you're looking at that. You yeah. know, and, and, it's, and it is, like I said, it's a transition. So, you know, occasionally if you want to go do it, go do it. But that's people getting mad at Burger King and fast food restaurants. Wait. like. This is junk. It's like, well, what did you think was in the burger that you eat? Like, you know, yeah, it's it's really still that was, same, all in the same family. Still. Yeah, it, it's so weird to me. But a lot of people don't like to have that conversation. When you when you speak logically, they're like, "Well, that's not what I mean." I'm like, "Well, what did you mean?" Then, like, I don't. Right. I, I'm so confused right now. So, right. Yeah, I, I see it a lot. I see it a lot. Um, in your book, you also go into you know, there's this intense um. Like, and I, I, there, you know, listen, protein is important. It, we know from a nutrition perspective, it is important. There's always been this, like, I think also cultural, like strange cultural thing. Like, well, if you don't eat meat, how do you get your protein? Or like people who, who are saying that oftentimes they're not really like worried about their nutrition to begin with. Um, but, but one thing I do appreciate that you did talk about, because I know, like I told you, I dappled actually dappled. I did it for like three, four years, many years ago where I had given up dairy, which I still don't, I don't eat. Um, and also had given up meat, but I was no, I hadn't gone to nutrition school. I was not educated in how I was doing it. Um, and I wasn't, I was losing a lot of energy. And this is something we talked to clients about too, who like want to be plant-based and can really like support them in this, but also understanding like what you need to eat in order to truly, um, get that. Because if you're just eating like white pasta, yeah, sure. That's, that's vegan, but it's like not going to have nutritional density to meet your needs as a human being. It's so, like the people always, that always get sorry out of me because y'all yeah. like, when people are like, I went vegan, but I gained so much weight. I'm like, what were you eating? Well, right. you know, I was eating like Oreos. I found out that was vegan. Right. I was eating, like, fries and then like pasta and I'm like oh yeah. so it wasn't vegan that did you wrong it was like you literally were eating all the things that were supposed to gain weight like that right. that was what they're supposed to do right you know? you're eating sugar basically yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I, I got a quick question for you like yeah so when you gave up dairy um your your main reason behind it I, I know you said it was the acne and you Gen. said you were having yeah. some but did you notice any other like good things happening once you stopped? Well, my skin cleared up after months and months of cystic acne. It started to clear up in four days. 
That was awesome. Um, so I yeah, I mean, it didn't entirely go away, but I saw benefit. I was so inflamed and the dairy was so inflammatory for me that, um, when I cut it out, it really started, I really started having ripple effects pretty immediately. And yes, did I see other, uh, benefits? Absolutely. I felt less sort of bloated. Um, I, I just, I felt better. I would say actually, I felt a little bit more energized, um, when I removed it and I saw my body responding to that. Uh, so it was, it was no, the benefits far outweighed the missing. Yeah, it. it's it's funny you say that because I like I, I was thinking about it when you mentioned it earlier, and it's I, I actually had this debate with somebody recently, and I, I, just to go along with this, I didn't want to miss this for the listeners, because I know a lot of people are like, well, why wouldn't I consume dairy? Like dairy's been being consumed forever, sure. and I always say, well, we do a lot of things that we've been doing forever that's probably wrong, like uh, you know, a lot of things. Like I won't even get into like all of it, but there's a lot of things we do. That are usually wrong. And so what I, I like to say is that if you just, I, I tell everybody, I'm not a scientist, I'm a realist. So I like to step back from the picture and look at it. And I always go, if you really want to look at it, we're taking the milk from a 2,000 pound animal and putting it into a body that should probably never be over 200 something pounds you know depend i'm yeah. i'm 6'6 220 i'm never gonna be 180 it's never gonna happen but there are you know there's there's yeah. different ranges but we're taking a two thousand pound animal's milk and putting it into a body that's not supposed to be that big if you keep going down the line yes it takes a cow nine months to get pre- you know to give birth so the the pregnancy period is the same but that's all about the only relation because once you look at it, a cow can grow from a calf to a cow in less than a year. Yeah. It takes us 18 years to even get close to our maturity level of our body. So we're taking this concentrated form, throwing it into our body and wondering why we're having all these complications. It's like, again, take a step back. Now I understand the first person to get down there and taste the udder or whatever was going on, it probably was some other stuff going on and it had to be done, but we're not in that situation anymore where we have to do it. And it's just, and it, it's funny, you'll find it in everything now. Like I, I went to go get pasta sauce one day and something just told me to look at the back of the label and it had goat's milk in it. And I was like, wait a minute, why, why is goat's milk in and it was the Publix brand. It was just a regular store brand. And I'm like, something just told me to look. Usually I'm like, oh, okay, it's tomatoes. Let's go. Right. And it had goat's milk in just the regular store brand. So it's in everything. And it gives so many complications. And like you said, you didn't even, you probably didn't realize it was just that easy. It's just eliminating the milk. Yeah. And that was like what I was going through at that moment too. And I do believe that we're bio-individual, but I'm also with you on the cow's milk stuff. And and also you make a point that like we live in systems now, factory farming, the way we treat the animals that didn't exist 
pre-industrial revolution. And so there's so many other components from antibiotics to all these things. And I'm sure we could talk for hours about it all, but like that. I got time today. It's good. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to have to do a two part, but it's not just like, you know, we're not in a system that relies 100% on regenerative agriculture. It's just, that would be really awesome if that existed, but it's not we're not there. And, th- and the practices within these industries too are oh, just man. horrifying. Yeah. Um, so, and that's someone who's not like, I can acknowledge that because it's true. Like whether I'm full plant-based or not, which I'm not, we've, we've been right, open right. about, but it's just like, it's so there's so many components to really, really consider in, in the way we approach our food and it's hard. It's a lot, you know, and it's not to have for people who are listening, it's not to have shame around. It's just to say like, you're empowered to have choice in this. And as you said, John, I think earlier, like it's up to us to put pressure on the system for change, because if we sit around and wait for the systems to change, that were the systems that perpetuate harm, it's not going to happen. Yeah. So, um, and they're not, they're not even interested in it happening. Now they might give you a couple like pats on the back, like, Oh, we're working on it. Right. You know, but yeah. it's not, it's not going to happen. And, and to go along with what you said about um, something, when I was making the film, we found out that the United States consumes more pharmaceuticals than any other country. Yeah. Any other country, yeah. but you know, what's crazy. Our animal agriculture actually takes more pharmaceuticals than our humans do. Yeah. Whoa. That, yes. Yeah. That's I've heard crazy. this. I have it's heard that too. Horrifying. But that. Wow. Yeah. Think about that. So everybody that's like, and I'm not saying I'm pro anti whatever, but just think about the people that like, hey, I'm anti-vax, but you're eating all this stuff over here that <laughs> right now everything. Yeah. Everything. When we went to the hog farmer, he told us like the cocktail of stuff that he gave these pigs we're like wait a minute we're like and then this is the crazy thing we're like so if let's say one has some kind of sickness how do you pick him out to not put him with the rest you're like oh you know we t- we randomly take their temperature <laughs> like wait what like <laughs> so yeah so you know when you have that hot dog and this is uh, again i'm not shaming anybody i just believe knowledge is power you decide yeah. to do with the knowledge but when you have that hot dog and it's literally composed of 7,000 pigs to get that one hot dog or that string of hot dogs, if one of them was sick as hell, they're not stopping the rest of the pigs. They're just going to mix it in with the rest of them. And and that's that's something to think about. And then the hog farmer himself admitted this. He said, yeah, hogs, pigs, I mean, he said hogs, cows, they're very intelligent. Yeah. And because I told him, I said, you know, I always think about this, like if the three of us right now in this interview, if we're walking down the street and we hear a gunshot around the corner. We're our fight or flight is is automatically kicked in as humans. We think animals are so stupid sometimes that we don't even realize that they're like, yo, my friend just went around that corner and I saw blood leaking down the hill as he came around. I heard this gunshot and I heard him squeal or I heard the cow move whatever is going on like they are living in a state of fear all day and so another thing that we found out in the documentary this is documented this is tested that people who consume meat 
walk around with the same level of stress as somebody who lost a spouse. So imagine mm -hmm. that you're walking around with the mm -hmm. stress that you that because people say, oh, you ingest stress. But if you really look at it, what you're ingesting is what they went through and it releases into their their body and their system. So you're consuming it. And yeah. so you're consuming it and you're walking around with it yourself. It's crazy. Like the the I can't think of the study that actually did, but I'm sure somebody could Google it and find that that study's out there. That's really interesting. You know, as Ali was mentioning, um, right when when she was plant based, right, it, it was a different world. And I've dabbled in vegetarianism as well. And it was. I think it's really interesting. Blech, sorry, I'm all over the place. But basically, that's all good. Um. As Ali mentioned, right, about like the amino acids and fueling yourself to make sure you get enough protein. I think it would be really interesting to hear what you eat in a day for anybody who is listening and who's like, what does a fully plant-based vegan who's athletic and working out, what is a typical day of food like for you? Um, so I, I also have to have to preface it by saying at 46, I eat way differently than I did at you know 30 of when course. I started you know yeah. what I'm saying so mm -hmm. like now you know back in the day I would get the the Boca crumbles or whatever but now like I'll make my own crumbles at home you know I use textured vegetable protein you know with some uh vegetable stock and put that together and uh, and then I'll make my own I make the craziest vegan cheese in the world and it depends on how I'm training so the closer I get to my goal, the less, the less processed I get, you know what I'm saying? So like I might grab a little bit of day of cheese one day, but as far as I, like my goal is in August. So I'm not sure if you ever, you all have heard about Tory Washington at all. Um, good friend of mine, he's a vegan bodybuilder. So he has a show in August. So I told him in December, I said, Hey, look, I'm just going to train the same way you train. So as we get closer to August, when he gets there, I, the process of the food kind of is all eliminated. So right now, I would say my first meal is a protein shake. I own a protein shake company. Shameless plug. I'm sorry about that. But you did ask. Um, you can find us in Costco and Whole Foods and Publix and Target. But uh, on top of that, I'll have like a smoothie with the protein shake in there. And I'm one of the big... I'm one of the few people that own a protein shake company that will tell you, you don't need protein shakes. It's a convenience thing for me more than anything. I'm on the go. I average a hundred thousand sky miles a year. I'm on the go like crazy. I can put that in my bag. It goes with me. We're ready to go. Um, and then I'll eat, um, like I said, the vegetable, the, the TVP, I'll make like a tostada out of it, like with some cheese on top of the meat. You know, it, it gives me that whole feeling. I'll season it up <clears throat> with like um, garlic, onion, give it kind of like that fiesta taste. Um, and then I'll have, uh, I eat dehydrated peanut butter. I love it. I don't know what happened to me. I guess, like I said, the older I got, I just started looking more at the macros of everything. But I love me some dehydrated peanut butter now. Like I used to love the real peanut butter. Now, like it's still real peanut butter, but it's just less fat. Uh, being a being a fat kid, I don't. I think my fat genes are always waiting on more fat to go in, so <laughs> I try not to eat as much as I can. Um, but that's pretty much it. I don't eat a lot. I'm not crazy about it. Um, but I eat food that I like. 
I think that's yeah. what people felt really like. Like you don't to be in shape, you don't have to eat food you hate. It's all about finding what you like and then fitting that inside of your goal. Yeah. No, that's great. Thank you. I just always find people are so interested with people like in the food space as a author, yeah. as a body person who cares about their body and is training. Um, yeah. And so as we begin to wrap up, as Ali mentioned, we do conclude with three wrap up questions. Uh-huh. And um, the first is what is your self-care practice? What's your self-care routine look like? And are there any non-negotiables in it? Ooh, non-negotiables is negativity. I, I, what, what, I, I know I got two curse words already and I get three per show because my third one is do not fuck with my happiness. I don't care. Like I'm at, a, I'm at a point in my life as an adult, I don't have to explain how to treat people. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I treat everybody with respect. I treat everybody with love. And if somebody comes to me with like that negative energy, gone. Like, I don't, we're not going to discuss about it. I'm not going to tell you what you did wrong. I'm not going to be like, well, you know, you made me feel this way. No, we're done. We're good. We're done. Now, it, it's people in my family like that. And I can, I don't I know. Some people don't believe in that. But I will tell you, I am the happiest I've ever been since I've incorporated that in my life probably 20 years ago. I just don't, I don't negotiate my happiness with nobody. I don't care what's going on. Like, I will not negotiate my happiness. I love that. I will not negotiate my happiness. That's awesome. No. <laughs> um, so the second question we ask is, what does being courageous mean to you? Being courageous is being okay with not being liked while still doing the right thing. I think that's courageous. I, I think so many times people are ready to do the right thing, but they're worried about what they're going to look like to somebody else and how will this person talk about me? Like when you're do when you're courageous, you don't give a flying f u c k what they think because you know you're doing the right thing and you know it's gonna come with some ridicule. But again, I think that comes back to also what we talked about earlier in the conversation about when you love yourself, that all that hate has no place. It won't even penetrate your bubble because you're so focused on what you're doing and knowing that you love yourself you're doing something courageous and you know that it's going to help out the community or your family or your friends or whatever it is. Yeah. It's beautiful. I needed to hear so much of this conversation today. So thank you. It's really resonating with me so much. And the final question we ask is, do you have a book other than your own that has meant something to you in your journey? It can be on any topic at all, Mm. not just on veganism. (laughs) Oh man. Can I, can I honestly say three? Yeah, I, of I course, of course. So the first one is where the word where the red fern grows. I don't know if you ever heard of this book. I read this like in junior high. I was like not anti-reader, but I was like, whatever, I'll read. I'm an athlete. I don't need, I'm just here. And when I tell you, my, my love for animals has gone since I was like two. When I tell you, when I read this book, it I mean crying at like 13 years old on this book like happiness and joy everything where the red fern grows that was like crazy uh little dan no old dan and little ann i think that's the dog's names if anybody looks it up go read it second book would be the secret changed my life literally changed my life because it changed my thought patterns and uh third 
and I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a three point one after this. But the third was um, a New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. Um, it really put my ego in check, like me understanding like a lot of times we just want to reward ourselves when we don't even we don't even need that reward that reward is not there but our ego would be like no go oh man skip that workout today you you know what you don't need it or you don't need to study today man look how smart you are your ego will tell you some things and it and the book doesn't talk about this but for me it helped me decipher between my conscience and my ego your conscience will never tell you wrong. Your ego will tell you all the wrong things and make you feel like you were right. And um, my 3.1 book was actually in high school. There was a teacher by the name of Miss Brown, my English teacher. I think I gave her the most hell ever as a student. But she made us read one book and it stuck with me and it was Beowulf. And it never, it, it just, and I was like, why am I reading this old and I was like, this is like one of the first superhero books, like just reading it. And it really resonated with me. So those are my four books right there. Thank you. Those are awesome. And you're, you're bringing me back to, yes, my own like middle school and, um, and even Beowulf reading that. I remember reading that. Wow. Um, yeah. thank you for everything today. You, and just sharing all your knowledge with us. And I'm so glad we got to have this conversation um, and that our listeners. Yeah. So everybody go eat some more plants. Um, and if anyone wants to find you, follow you buy your book, where can they do that? Oh, we got one. There we go. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, you can find me social media, uh, Instagram. I think I'm even on Pinterest, anything where somebody, I literally have badass vegan, TikTok, Twitter, Pinterest, Google, find whatever I'm on there. Um, but yeah, and, and the website, badassvegan.com. Great. Thank you again, John. We really appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Courageous Wellness. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode featuring a different guest each week. Subscribe, rate, and write us a nice review. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Courageous Wellness or get in touch via our website, www.courageouswellness.net, where you can also find additional info about our health coaching services, virtual group events, newsletter, and more. Until next week, I'm Allie. And I'm Erica, and we're Courageous Wellness.